Hey y'all, hey, welcome to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we talk about all things adulting, our experiences as three Black women on this amazing journey of living our best life, trying to support each other as we figure out this ghetto world of adulting. I am joined by my amazing co-host, Nay and Sunny D. Hey honeys, I'm Nay, your virtual homegirl who thoughts on almost any and everything. Also, full-time parent, and sometimes you may hear my little one in the background of this podcast. Lo siento, I am sorry. To me, adulting is a game of whack-a-mole. Once you think you have one thing conquered, something else pops right up. Hey everyone, it's Sunny D. And to me, adulting is choosing to be your best self while that laundry piles up and the dogs chew on your good shoes. Yo, this is your girl, Nakai, and I'm your host of Where's My Blueprint Podcast. I randomly burst out in song, love ice, and think adulting is a beautiful storm of I get to do what I want to do mixed with what the hell did I sign up for? Thanks for joining us. Now let's get to the episode. Hey y'all, welcome back to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver entertaining, educational, and some inspirational thoughts and comments all about adulting. It's still hot in July. We're still trying to figure out how to cool down. Hey friends, can't get enough of Where's My Blueprint Podcast? Join our free VIP community for exclusive WNB content, including a brand new newsletter, bonus episodes, and so much more. You can sign up for free by clicking the VIP is a place to be button in our link tree in the bio of our Instagram at Where's My Blueprint Pod. Can't wait to connect with you. Okay, ladies. So this week has been weeking for me. I'm curious. How did you guys handle the stress you had this week? So my non-blueprint after dark answer is I bought donuts and not just any donut. I bought a glazed crunkin, which is a croissant donut hybrid. I bought a Biscoff filled donut with the little lotus Biscoff crumples and like caramel on top. And I bought a Nutella filled donut. And I've been having them at night after I put the baby to bed with a cup of coffee as I listen to my social work trainings. I like that. Now you make me want some donuts. I've been wanting Shipley's donuts and totally forgot to get them when I was in Houston. Damn. For my stress relief this week has literally been a lot of dancing. I'm like taking a hip hop dance workshop to doing bachata and salsa. I didn't realize like your body moving in different ways equal like you waking up and like, Lord, I'm popping. I really am popping. Like I am now truly a sound effect getting up. And then when I get up now, I'm like this. Oh, goodness. My body and bones are so tight. Again, if you don't use it, you lose it. So it's some moves I haven't done since I was a young one. But now it's like, oh, I got to figure out how to pop pop this and do this in a hip hop dance class. I feel like my body would be very loud and uncomfortable in hip hop dancing. And coming from someone who used to dance as a youngin, it would be a, a, a sad, sad thing. But for me, you know, chocolate, wine, and conversations, man, having a planned slash unplanned house guests can be overwhelming in your own space so you know laugh a little have some food have conversations and everybody does their best so one day at a time speaking of wine alcohol in general i'm curious for today's either or we're talking liquor specifically light or dark well as nakai thinks i'm gonna say both and i'm gonna say both because spring and summer i drink gin which is a light. And then fall and winter, I drink whiskey or specifically bourbon, which is a dark. I don't know. 
Because I just think of like what's on the menu. I mean, whatever's in the chocolate martini or an amaretto sour. And I'm really like, yeah. Or mudslide. I don't really know what alcohol goes in those. But that, is it light, dark, both? Light, okay. So then more on the lighter side, but I don't think, no tequila. I don't know what tequila is, but no tequila. Margaritas have tequila. Yes, margaritas have tequila in them. They always have. Okay. For me, I prefer light. I'm very much a rum gal. Although I've always had the question, if it's an aged rum, like 10, 15 years and it's dark in color, does that count as dark? Or if that is that just an aged version of the light? Look, I don't know. But I very much prefer light. However, comma. As I've gotten older recently in the last year or two, I feel like I'm getting into like sipping liquors or sipping spirits like brandy and bourbon, usually in those colder months because the girl, they warm me from the inside out, like legitimately so. But like something with a couple of ice cubes and a small, short, shallow glass and you just sip on it. You can't take that to the head because you'll combust, I think. But just those sipping liquors is kind of what I'm getting into. But my go-to is light for sure. Okay. Well, y'all know we do a quote of every episode and today's quote is specifically for someone on this podcast. It says, that's what I do. I mix drinks and I know things. Bye. Anonymous. Um, I like this quote because I be making drinks and I be knowing things. I'm pretty sure I know exactly where it stems from. This version of the quote, I don't know who did it, but it stems from a line in Game of Thrones where a character named Tyrion, he would say this sporadically throughout the series, like, I drink and I know things. And he always had like a goblet of wine <laughs> in his hand. And I've seen it everywhere. Like, I would see it on shirts. I would see it on drinkware, like engraved in glass, like decanters and stuff. And I think it's so cute, but I like this quote a lot. This will definitely be something that would be cool to have up in your home or bar section area situation. I like it. I agree. And I'm so glad you said that because he did. He always did. He used to always say, I drink, I know things. And he was the freaking, one of the smartest people on and long lasting on Game of Thrones because he was very strategic. So y'all today, I am excited because we have a mixologist on our episode and she's gonna share some stuff for mixology to make some amazing drinks and that's our very own name so if y'all don't know nay is what i call i have bestowed a title on her of mixologist the girl can mix you a good drink so with that what is y'all's favorite drink like are y'all a wine drinker are y'all more of a cocktail more of a dessert type of drinker does that make sense like dessert wines or dessert drinks i am a cocktail person i love a good cocktail like man we go to brunch that's all i want to do have a cocktail and eat good food but i do also like depending on the mood if i guess particularly if i just want to relax and chill i'm definitely like grab a glass of wine watch a show i think i did that yesterday i had a glass of wine and watched the rugrats on netflix and just you know enjoy the quietness of my house because i knew i I was hosting nephews this weekend and I needed it. Yeah, my favorite drink is probably whatever I'm in the mood for and whatever ingredients I have in the house. So I think most liquor has its place. Like sometimes if I just want to relax, it's some wine, but we typically keep liquor in the house more than we keep wine. So I would probably have like a gin and maybe mm, some 
some like seltzer water or some soda water or something like that. But lately I've been doing a lot of bourbon or whiskey and coffee (laughs) with a little Bailey's in there. And that's been lovely, especially because we have these chocolate spoons. So that's always a good time. What's about these chocolate spoons? What do you do with these chocolate spoons? They're just like spoons made of chocolate. So if you have a hot drink, a hot cocktail, or even hot chocolate, as you stir it up, the spoon melts. So it's that extra like dollop of chocolate that mixes all up and through there. Can I buy these? Okay, you don't see me on leave. You know I'm in Espana. Damn, you get access to a lot of stuff. Okay, never mind. I'm pretty sure they have them in the States. They got them somewhere. Yeah, I've seen the ones that have. Um, I haven't seen them where the entire spoon is made of chocolate, but I've seen them where it's been like a wooden spoon or a plastic spoon, and the majority of it is coated in chocolate for that particular reason. Those you can get at the store. They have them with honey, too. Okay, thank you. Thank you. And so I know to y'all audience, we're talking about alcohol and they've been a mixologist and we are finding out that Sunny D mixed and likes a good cocktail. Oh, Nathan bought the actual spoon and y'all like, these are the full type of spoons that are literally made of all chocolate. Like you could literally just sit and eat the spoon because it's all chocolate. Like I want what she got. Send me that. And the really good thing about them is normally when you think of a chocolate spoon, you would think it's super thick, but these aren't so thick that they won't melt and melt completely. So they're really dope. Is it milk chocolate, dark chocolate? And can you send me some? It is delicious chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it is see when you buy things international they have like 50 million different translations in here so let me look for the great britain version i'm trying to see if it'll say the percentage of chocolate in it oh so i can just it look definitely look dark chocolate it did it did i thought it would have english oh here we go so it is 50 56 percent minimum cocoa solids okay Yeah, I want that. So how did y'all start like mixing drinks? Like when did y'all start mixing drinks and like really creating drinks or also learn what you like? Um, I think I learned maybe from my initial drinking. So my very first drink was at a party my brother and his friends threw and they had Hypnotic and Hennessy. And it was the, it was the early 2000s, late nineties. So y'all know, y'all know what that like, that was like. So yeah, they made me an incredible Hulk. And I was like, oh, that's good. And then just going to college and knowing that you got all this bottom shelf liquor and what kind of mixer can you mix that's not too sweet that you'll get hung over, but it's sweet enough to mask the fact that you're not drinking good quality liquor. So just playing around with those. Historically, I'm bad at pouring drinks. I have a heavy hand. Anybody who knows me will tell you I have a heavy hand, especially when I'm drinking because I really be making drinks, pouring the liquor, forget that I'm pouring the liquor. So I never measure. Ain't no telling what you're going to get, but you'll have a good time. And I typically look for drinks that one, if I find a recipe, like what am I in the mood for? Is the ingredients list simple? So can I easily find all these ingredients? And also is it simple measurements? Like, is it a one, 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 one? Like, is it a one half one? That kind of thing. And then I just freestyle. Like I know what kind of taste I like. I know what kind of fruits I like. I know what kind of 
fruit juices I like. Typically, I don't want super sweet drinks because that's sugar, that's carbs, that's pounds. So I typically stick to like two or three ingredients. So is this why in college they put so much juice in the drinks because we were drinking bottom shelf? I did not know that. So what's top shelf? The easiest way to answer that is where on the shelves are you getting your liquor? Are you reaching for the top shelf? Because that's top shelf liquor. Or are you reaching like mid shelf? Or are you dipping low, throwing that thing, sweeping the ground and picking up your, your liquor? Because that's bottom shelf. I don't know. I typically go to restaurants and just get a cocktail and whatever that's already put together. You know? Then you're you're drinking mid or bottom shelf because a lot of restaurants to make their cocktails, they use well drinks. So well drinks are bottom shelf liquors that are in the like liquor, I think, well. So that's right where the bartender can reach in. Only because nobody is wasting top shelf money on cocktails, which often comes with a mixer. If you drink your top shelf liquors, most of the time you drink those either with a soda or a spritzer or some kind of like water-based mixer, or you just drink it straight because why would you want to ruin good liquor? Because top shelf means it's top quality and more expensive. Girl, I'm today years old when I learned all this because I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I thought my cocktails had good liquor. I mean, if you go to a restaurant and your drink is, you know, $8, that is not top shelf. The price will probably mostly tell you what you're looking at as far as liquor content. Yes, Aniti, I want to say the price and also the ingredients. So if you read the ingredients of your drink and it just says rum, that ain't top shelf. If you look at your ingredients and it says like Bacardi Gold, then you you moving up in quality. So if it says Tanqueray, Tangeray 10, Tangeray Rim Pour. If it says the name brands, oftentimes will tell you like what kind of quality. And then it comes into knowing, okay, what in the name brands are quality liquors? Because what is a basic gin? Like if you start looking at your gins and you get into your botanist, your empress, those are top shelf gins. Hendrix isn't a bad gin. I particularly like the varietal of the Hendrix, but it's not a bad one. It's not bottom shelf. It's more mid-tier. If I'm not mistaken, depending upon where you are, I believe you can get whatever cocktail you want that's on the menu made with top shelf. So like if you know specifically that you want a margarita, I know you don't do tequila, but that's just the first thing that came to my mind. If you want a margarita and the ingredients just say like tequila, that's usually like your basic tequilas, but you want it specifically with a particular brand of tequila, particularly want Patron 1800 or whatever, then you can ask them make it with such and such. The price will change, but you can get it specifically with your top shelf choice in that same cocktail. However, comma, don't be surprised if the quantity of liquor in the one that just says tequila and the quantity of the liquor of the one that says like 1800 is different because typically they say with the higher quality liquor, it is stronger. So they're not going to have as heavy of a pour because they ain't trying to waste the good stuff. So I guess that proposal, now I'm curious to know, how do you even know what's good and what's bad? Like, do you have to go through tastings? Do you have to like try all this? I'm like, this sounds one, very expensive in my mind. But two, I feel like I'll be drunk every every weekend, like trying to figure out which liquor I want or which is best and what's not. What's best to me is whatever tastes the best to me. 
Like, I'm not one that's hung up on, oh, I need top shelf liquor. I only drink what woo woo I say that, but before we had Alex, Jay deployed one time. And when he got back, I was like, oh, I'm going to make sure our liquor cabinet is stocked up. Every liquor I picked up was a top shelf liquor. Like, literally, me on my tippy toes getting it off of the top shelf or the next one down. So when I went to the register, the guy behind me was like, oh, y'all drinking nothing but top shelf. And it's like, well, that's what we like. We don't necessarily try to get top shelf. That's just what we like. So when it comes to gin, I like a Tanqueray 10. I like it because I can sip it without a mixer or without being on the rocks. I don't like putting drinks on the rocks. I feel like it waters down my liquor. I like a Tanqueray Ring Pour. I like a Uncle Nearest, mostly because Black Power. Um, um, I like, like I said, all of the Tanger, well, the Hendrix varietal. So your your Hendrix um, Neptunia, your Hendrix, I forgot the one that is like the sum, the winter solstice, like all of those. My goal is to have every flavor in my house. But like I said, I just know what I like by tasting the different types of liquor that I like. And honestly, which bottle is pretty. I love that the bottle that which bottle is pretty. So since you you are a mixologist on our podcast. What are some things that you have mixed that you're like, ooh? So some things that I mixed that I have like were coconut juice, gin, and no, coconut juice, whiskey, and pineapple juice. It tastes kind of like a pina colada, only without the rum, but it's really, really refreshing. And it's kind of heavy, but not so much. It's very refreshing. I like a good sparkling um, water with some gin because it gives me the taste of actual like mixer but without the added calories because sparkling water a lot of times don't have sugar added. I like a good Negroni which is gin I want to say vermouth and one other thing I forgot what the other thing is. I like almost anything that has elderflower liqueur because that that's gonna be a good time and I'm getting into the coffee drinks. What about you, Sunny D? Have you made some concoctions? <laughs> yes. One quick particular story. I feel like all my experimenting happened in college when it comes to alcohol. My roommate and I had, as college students do when they're on apartment, all the liquor on top of the refrigerator. Various quantities and various, uh, you know, levels of fullness or whatever. And we wanted to make cocktails. You don't know what we're doing. We're just mixing stuff together. And I found a recipe on the interweb for what is called an Amber's Revenge, which essentially is an adult root beer float. So we had root beer, we had ice cream, we had a bunch of random alcohol. We mixed them all together and got drunk as you do when you're in college. And then proceeded to attempt to write in the sand of the volleyball court that was right outside of our apartment. For whatever reason, I wanted to write chlamydia, but my letters were too big and we went up to the third floor to see what it was and it was just clam because that's all that fit also we forgot the h because there's h in chlamydia but it literally said clam and i was like we should probably go inside mind you this is like in the middle of the night so nobody saw us in the sand court trying to spell out chlamydia in the sand but yeah i've mixed a cocktail or two in my day not well but i have now though as i've gotten older i'm more mature i'm a you know grown woman i've dabbled in negroni like i had one recently and it is i feel like that's a grown-up drink 
And I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not mature enough for this yet. Like, but it was good. Like, it's one of those slow sipping, take your time and drink it. It had a really big, like, slow melting ice cube, so it doesn't get watered down. But they also have those stainless steel ones that will still get your beverages cold without the risk of your beverages being watered down. And I need to get some of those as well. But yeah, Negronis are are interesting, and I think I like them. I think I'm gonna try to make that next i'm slowly building a home bar situation i've actually got tools that i've never had before so who knows what portions i was pouring once upon a time now i'm actually going to try to follow recipes and actually learn how to make cocktails like i even got a book with different recipes and stuff like that but i want to start making actual real cocktails and i'll probably start with a negroni i love that especially because y'all both are experimenting and everything and i think like man i really am i'm not gonna say basic but um, yeah i am more like newbie basic to this life because <laughs> literally my go-to drinks are a amaretta sour a chocolate martini or a mudslide and then margarita depending on i had one long island i feel like i had one long island with um one of my college friends at mexican sugar and i told her i said i don't know what's in this drink bruh i don't know if i can drive and then like when we were in college same same girl made us drinks and i told her i'm staying at your house because i think you poisoned me <laughs> but it was because i'm such a lightweight <laughs> that one drink will literally have me like ah and then it sucks because i see all my friends they're like it doesn't suck let me not say that because i know myself and everybody has a different limit and so i see some of my friends like taking back like these long islands like one after the other one after the other and i'm just like i can't drive home <laughs> can i walk home and it also reminds me of like when we go to new orleans for mardi gras and so like those hurricane drinks i don't know or hurricanes or like sour punch things i'm like i don't know how they mix these drinks to make them taste literally like nothing but candy. And then you're just like, it's just juice. You're just like, drink, 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 drink. Oh, another one. Drink, 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 drink. Oh, another one. Drink, drink, drink. Then all of a sudden you hit your fifth one. You're like, whoa, what happened to the world? Yeah, I feel like even still my tastes are not as refined, which is why I like doing the tastings. I don't do them often. I don't think it's definitely something to do on a regular basis, but I've done a rum tasting a couple different times, like at a distillery where they actually make it. And that was really cool. I've done tequila tastings similarly, like in Mexico. And that was really cool. And I've done wine tastings, of course. I'm, I feel like I'm not mature enough for red wine. I'm really trying to get there. I have a glass of red wine, but it's sweet. It's Lambrusco, which I love. And we tend to keep that. And Stella Rosa Black. Listen, Stella Rosa Black is that bitch. I'm sorry. She's delightful. Speaking of, I'm going off on a tangent, but speaking of Stella Rosa, did you know that they make brandy they came out i think like the tail end of last year with three different flavors of brandy like a regular one there's like a tropical peach which is the one that i got in or a tropical a tropical one and then a honey peach i got the tropical one that i can drink straight it is so smooth it is so good and i'm like see now i feel like i'm getting into like the baby steps of like darker grown we got mortgages type of liquor <laughs> that's a, that's how they make me that's how they make me feel like you sit at the end of a long like day after you have business meetings and you just have like a glass of brandy <laughs> like I feel like that's what those are and they're so good they're not very expensive but I love how smooth they go down some of them are really harsh and I just can't like I feel like my whole chest is on fire 
I, I can't do that. But these are really smooth, but not smooth enough for me to do shots because I think I'm done with that phase of my life. People keep trying to get me to do shots and I'm over here sipping little cups of alcohol because I just, I can't, I can't do it no more, y'all. Yeah, when you were saying tequila tasting, I was thinking of like, those tequila tastings really do have you feeling yourself depending on where you are. Because I know uh, we did one in, on a cruise and it was so many different kinds. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. This is cool. And you don't realize until you take like the fourth different type of tequila. You're like, I'm done. <laughs> also, I think about kind of what you said of like this grownish type of drink. And the drink you were describing about, I think of like the business meeting or in the uh, movies where they have like the canister that already has the liquor, the aged liquor in there that the guy drinks like, yeah, I just made this. Let me rephrase that the woman drinks that like, yeah, I just made this million dollar deal. Yeah. Or if it's a stressful day, pour that, shoot it back. Like, let's keep going. <laughs> I think about that. And I also think like, I wonder, is the light drinks for the younger generation and the darker drinks for the older generation? Because you went through this phase of light vodka, you know what I mean? Like tequila, all this light stuff. And now you're at a point where like, I just want to enjoy, like you now enjoy the quality of it, which then transition to, as you are getting older, you're enjoying the quality of your stuff versus like, no, let's just get drunk in your 20s to get drunk turn up dance and stand on the table you know I wonder I don't know because like my husband likes Hennessy and he's always liked Tennessee and that's very much you know a cognac it's a dark liquor but I also know that he likes tequila and his particular tequila of choice is 1800 so I don't necessarily know if it goes in like phases or if you drink certain things to have specific outcomes so like I know typically when I drink I I can get really giggly and a tad sillier than usual. And that's and that's when I'm drinking my pina coladas. I'm like the light, fruity, fun, tropical stuff. I know that when I drink a glass of wine, I have a time limit. So like if I have one glass of wine, unless I have another glass within like a 15, 20 minute time span, I'm going to sleep. I'm tired. I'm sleepy. I'm, I'll have that before bed so I can be knocked out. Like I know what that's going to do to me. And then if I'm having like the dark liquor, Clearly I'm stressed and clearly I need to unwind because I will sit and I will just slowly enjoy the quality and warm up from the inside and just, you know, decompress. So like, I I feel, I don't know if it's necessarily younger versus older or if it's to get a specific outcome. Maybe it's both. But I feel like typically what we see depicted on like TV or movies and stuff are the people that are drinking the darker liquors do tend to be older. They do tend to have more responsibility of some sort, whether their parents or whether they own businesses or something like that, whether they're in politics or whatever, they just tend to be older, experienced adults versus the ones that are having the lighter liquors and doing shots at the clubs. I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit of both. I think that's interesting because even when you said of like, even your description of like to get a lighter feeling, you're drinking a lighter lime, lighter lime, <laughs> a lighter liquor, <laughs> right? Versus like the darker ones or wine, you're more wanting a calming effect and I'm just gonna say it y'all can come for me if y'all want to but come for your mama why is it that all black people drink Hennessy and I'm gonna say it with the ex exception of me. Like, I feel like every single Black person drinks Tennessee. Oh, you don't drink it either? Okay, well, I guess that's a generality or an assumption. Or right, let me rephrase. Why is it that most Black men drink Hennessy? Like, is this something that's like, y'all gotta go through to pass into adulthood and be a Black man? I gotta drink Hennessy. <laughs> like, 
maybe it's an initiation into manhood or something. I don't know. Because again, like as long as I've known my husband, he's always drank Hennessy and that's his drink of choice. Like he would always get it when there was a family gathering, there was a party or cookout or something. There's always a bottle of Hennessy. Somebody has it. Somebody has brought it or it's either that or Crown. Specifically Hennessy, but either that or Crown. I did though, because I know how much he likes Hennessy. I did for one of his milestone birthdays. I think maybe it was like his 30th birthday. I found this limited edition bottle that I guess Hennessy had partnered with like some artist, like a painter or something or a graphic artist. And they created limited edition like designs on the bottle itself. And there was only so many. And I happened to find one. I got it engraved and gave it to him as a gift and he would not drink it. And I was like, I, but you drink Hennessy. Like I wanted him to enjoy this liquor that he likes. I like keep the bottle, but like I wanted him to enjoy it. He would, it took him years to be comfortable enough to drink it. And I was like, please drink this doggone liquor. I bought this for you to enjoy it. He was like, no, it's too nice. I don't want to drink it. Like it glowed in the dark and everything. It was such a cool bottle. But most men that I know, they drink Hennessy. Yeah, I think in my house, it wasn't a lot of alcohol. Mm. The house that I grew up in wasn't a lot of alcohol. I remember like the purple bags, I'm guessing that's Crown, but it was no alcohol in the purple bag. It was used for other stuff. But at my mother's house, nothing but alcohol, like nothing but alcohol. So it's just interesting of seeing that dynamic. But then also I think of like, of course, you know, at this age, I am more focused on being hydrated than anything. I know Nay and I had this conversation of like, well, what about Pedialyte or like coconut water? Can I put coconut water in some alcohol and then that way I'm hydrated and leaned, you know what I mean? And hydrated and intoxicated. <laughs> but also like, um, not even cocoa, coconut water, but what about Pedialyte? Like whatever I drink, can I just flavor it with my Pedialyte flavor thingies? <laughs> Mix it together. That way I get my electrolytes while I'm drinking. I mean, I'm not a chemist. I don't know if that'll work though. But I have done something similar where I'm very much aware of how alcohol affects my body and my mentality. I know where my limit is. I know what certain liquors do what to me and my body and my mentality and all that kind of stuff. So I'm very aware of that. So now if we go out to brunch, I'm out with my girls, we go out to brunch, I'm having whatever cocktail and a glass of water. And then I'll get another cocktail and then another glass of water. So like I'm alternating to keep the hydration up because what we're not going to do is have me sloppy in public. Lies. Can't do it. No, thank you. But I need to be focused. And if I know we're leaving at a certain time, I know I have to stop drinking by a certain time. And now it's just water because I have to be sober enough and function to be able to get myself safely home. Like those commercials don't say drink responsibly for nothing. Okay. That doesn't mean don't drink a lot. That means know what your limit is and hydrate yourself. You're an adult. Act like one. Please and thank you. And or call an Uber. Yeah, I mean, that was the whole purpose of them creating that uh, Raj here. Um, But I love that you said of like, know your limit. Because I think that so many adults still don't know their limits. And I'm like, y'all didn't learn this in college. Like that was the whole purpose of college. That's not the whole purpose of college. But one purpose of college (laughs) was to really like go out and learn your limit. Like you should have learned your limit in college. And so I feel like when I go out to events and stuff and I see people who end up like really sloppy and like they just keep going and going and going. I'm like, one, you need therapy because this is a problem. 
you may not know it's a problem, but this is a problem. Two, what void are you trying to fill with all this alcohol that that void is going to be there tomorrow? And three, who are your friends? Because <laughs> I am blessed to have friends that'll be like, listen, this is your limit. And they, I mean, you all, if you're in tune with people around you, you know when they've hit their limit. Because I don't know, it could be like the words of it slurring a little bit. Maybe the person is extremely uptight, has really gotten loose and like everywhere, like loosey goosey. But if you start standing on tables and cussing people out, that's the one thing. But I also think of like people who are aggressive trunks. I don't like them because don't nobody want to be around you, especially if you can't hold your liquor. Then you dealing with someone who's intoxicated. So their brain isn't functioning in the way that it needs to function. But now you want me to be nice to you, but you cussing me out. I will leave you and keep going and take my happy ass home safe and sound because I know my limit. And think about calling you a ride share, depending on how you treat me. But then I have to think about giving grace. Oh, the struggle. I mean, big time struggle. Like I remember one of my earliest lessons on alcohol was from my aunt and she had her liquor cabinet was, you know, underneath your sink in the kitchen where typically people will have trash bags and um, cleaning supplies and things of that nature. She had alcohol. All alcohol was underneath the sink in the kitchen. I don't know why, but it was. And she had a lot of it. And I remember like looking at it and then she would, she actually was like pulled stuff out. She was like, okay, this is what's considered dark liquor. This is what's considered light. You don't ever mix your lights and your darks, but your darks with your light. Like I remember her having, giving kind of like a lesson on if you're going to drink, this is how you drink responsibly. And this is what happens when these things mix and blah, blah, blah. Which is why if I drink a Long Island iced tea, I will only drink a Long Island iced tea because FYI, I, for those of you that don't know, there's no tea in Long Island iced tea. It's literally just alcohol. There's like five different liquors that make up a Long Island iced tea. And if you get it at a restaurant, sometimes it's a splash of Coke on top. It's just, it's gin, it's rum, it's it's a bunch of stuff. I have to find the five, but it's literally like a real Long Island iced tea is just alcohol. That's why it's so strong. And that's why you felt the way you did. <laughs> it's just liquor. And if I drink that, then I only drink that. So I'm glad that she taught me those limits. And it makes me wonder... For these people that go on cruises and they have drink packages, right? So you can buy a package and you get quote unquote unlimited drinks. And really the limit is like 15, or at least it is on Carnival. It's like 15 drinks. And there are people like in discourses that I'm a part of that are like so-and-so, like such and such cruise line doesn't have limits and Carnival on limits at 15. And I'm like, baby, if you're drinking 15 drinks a day and you feel like that's not enough for your five-day trip or your seven-day trip, you need help. You've got to talk to somebody. Because that is way too much. 15 and that's not enough? Seek help. Yeah, I'm just thinking, I'm like, man, I feel sorry for your liver. <laughs> your liver is pissed at you because 15 drinks, let me rephrase, 15 alcoholic drinks in one day is a lot. Even yeah yeah and then you got to think if you're on a cruise line you're still going and going and going so you're just dehydrated child listen that's a no for me and yes i feel like they got some something going on kudos to your aunt for actually teaching you about not mixing lights and darks because i think of like we live in a society where you can drink at the age of 21 most kids are drinking way before then illegally but no one's teaching them the responsibilities of drinking and so i think of like when i was in college one of my um one of my friends 
friends was Malaysian and he knew his limit like no other. And I we had a conversation. I was like, well, how did you learn your limit? And he was like, because in his country, you can drink with your parents. Just like in Italy, you can drink with your parents because they're teaching you moderation. They're teaching you quality. They're teaching you what this is for, but the responsibility of it. Versus in America, we tell you, no, 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 no. At 21, do what you want. You're 21, go drink. Have at it. Ah, but your brain isn't developed until it's 25. So it's... <laughs> It's a toxic system, to say the least. But all in that, listeners and audience, we really want to know what is the best drink that you have made? Tell us in the comments. Send us a, a DM because we want to know. We, we're trying to replicate this too. And as y'all know, I'm new to this. So I'm trying to get up my, you know, my little mixology and my recipes. And if you know a good creative chocolate martini or mozza slide, definitely slide those in there so I can have that. So guys, you know, we come up with all of the content, but this is y'all's podcast too, uh, to some extent. So please, if you have any other topics that you want us to delve more into, any topics you want to hear our takes on, because you know, we keep it popping hot out there here, email us at wmbpod at protonmail.com or hit up that little drop box on our website at whereismyblueprintpod.com. Once again, you can email us at wmbpod at protonmail.com or drop us a little comment, a little note, a little suggestion at whereismyblueprintpod.com. Thank you, Nick. Moments of Melanation. Moments of Melanation is where we highlight a Black person doing their thing. Today for Moments of Melanation, we are highlighting. And so today for Moments of Melanation, we are highlighting today Uncle Nears Whiskey. So for those of you that were paying close attention, Nay mentioned it earlier really quickly because Black people, but I wanted to give a specific highlight to this company, this brand, and this story. So Uncle Nearest Whiskey is a fantastic bourbon whiskey company. It actually was the most awarded bourbon in American whiskey in 2019, 2020, 2021, and 2022, all back-to-back. It's a Tennessee whiskey that's named after the former enslaved man, Nathan Nearest, quote unquote, Green, who taught a young Jack Daniel uh, the craft of distilling. So, you know, Jack Daniel because of Nathan Green. So this company has two brand variants as of 2020 and is named one of the 100 reasons to love America by People Magazine in 2021. Mind you, the company only launched in 29, in 2020, or 2007, 2007, 2017. They started getting these awards only two years later. They hadn't been around that long before they started racking up awards, okay, for being the best quality in this particular field. In 2019, the company announced Victoria E.D. Butler, who is actually a descendant of Nathan Green, as a master blender, becoming the first known African-American female master blender, and was also named the master blender of the year in 2021 by multiple, like several publications. And if anybody knows anything about like the business of distilling, it's not, you know, minority dominated, sim- you know, similar to the wine industry, um, it's definitely not female dominated. So to have this Black woman in this high level position in an industry that is mainly old white men, props this. So there's 
there's a few of them that exist, but a lot of them aren't here in the States. So she's the first known here in the U.S. On June 1st of 2021, Uncle Nearest formed the Uncle Nearest Venture Fund, which is a $50 million initiative to invest in minority-funded and owned spirit brands. So a lot of, I don't know if anybody's paid attention in the last few years or so, but there's been a lot of Black-owned liquor brands that are coming out, you know, liquor, wine, things of that nature. And I love it. I absolutely love it. There's actually a Black-owned liquor store not too far from my house, and they have several Black-owned liquors that they sell there. And even though they may be a tad more expensive than like me going to Total Wine, which is what I'm used to, but it's only about like two or three bucks. Like it's totally worth it. And they're around the corner and Total Wine is not. So they're really cool people. I love going to shop there, but I like being able to have access to a lot of brands that I probably would have never seen in some of your major liquor stores, even some of your local mom and pop shops. So the fact that they are specifically offering the community these different high quality spirits is really cool and I absolutely love it. So the company was also announced, they also announced an old-fashioned challenge, old-fashioned like the drink that you make with whiskey. See what you did there. In January of this year to raise a million dollars for HBCUs. So there's also, there's another fund. They actually partnered with Jack Daniel, like with Jack Daniels to create the nearest and Jack advancement initiative. Each company is contributing two and a half million dollars to create the nearest green school of distilling, which includes leadership acceleration programs and and apprenticeships and uh, business incubation programs for, and and this is specifically to provide expertise and resources to African-Americans that are entering the spirits industry. So like they're doing so much for being able to provide resources and advancement for other minorities, African-Americans specifically to have a seat at the table when it comes to spirits and being in the distilling industry. And I absolutely love it. And Nathan Green has actually been acknowledged as being the first African-American master distiller on record in the U.S. You can find the whiskeys in all 50 states and in 12 countries. I absolutely love this story. And if y'all didn't hear me the first time, there would be no Jack Daniel without Nathan Green. Well, you already know what I'm going to say is that we create this shit. Like, <laughs> and y'all just recreate what we created. But on a serious note, kudos to Nathan Green because I'm glad he's getting his kudos. I'm glad he's doing this and I'm glad finally he has been acknowledged for his creation prior to Jack Daniel Jack Daniels and honestly I don't know if I drink whiskey or not but I'm gonna go buy a bottle because it's black owned <laughs> somebody in my family will drink it and I really want to say like kudos to them for giving money back to HBCUs but also kudos to the first female master blender and I feel like anytime you're in an a field that is your specialty, you understand it. So to me, this is foreign language. Like I don't understand the terminology. I don't understand any of that, but if it would be similar if they probably came to the healthcare field with me, right? But I love, because I'm like, I don't know what a master blender is, but I'm trying to use my contact clues that says you're a master at blending different creations or creating drinks or like similar to a mixologist, but you're just at the master level. So kudos to you of being a female. And you're the first known African-American female. I am so 
so, so, so happy about that. But also, I'm just really happy that, like you said, it's so many more Black-owned um, wineries and um, liqueurs or liquors that are coming out, alcohol that are coming out. And I'm here for it. And I really am thinking, I'm like, should I be in this space too? Like, I'm not saying it's easy to get in here. I'm not saying that because anything worth having is going to be some challenges or some obstacles you're going to have to get through. But I'm like, man, alcohol, just talking to you and um, Nate, alcohol is a really big thing in America. Like, I'm probably around the country. But this is probably the one legal drug <laughs> is creating, a, this is, has to be a billion dollar industry. Multi-billion, trillion dollar. Yeah. Yeah, no, the spirits industry is really interesting. And I feel like, like, as I'm getting older and I'm looking into expanding my palate and really appreciating the craft of the way that these liquors are made and stuff, like especially after being to a couple different distilleries and seeing the magnitude of these facilities that it takes to make some of these things in years before some of these beverages hit the shelves, like they've been in a barrel for the net for the last decade. You know what I mean? Like stuff people are working on now, we won't get to enjoy for another five or six years or so. And it's really, it really is kind of like an, an, a craft and it is an artwork. And yeah, that's, I mean, what you were talking about with Victoria, like the blending of the different flavors and the different alcohols to create specific whiskeys or specific bourbons for whatever that blend is like that takes an eye that takes like a tongue palette like it's so scientific and it's so there's a lot of chemistry involved and there's not a lot of women that do that and big props to Ms. Butler because she's doing the damn thing and her family's created such a beautiful legacy to honor what her descendant has contributed because it's not just Uncle Nearest that he's part of everything that Jack Daniels has ever done is because of this man. And that's a legacy in and of itself. Talk about not only being the first, but talk about if I, if he never was born. Ooh, thank you, God. Think about this. If he was never born and he did not create Uncle Nearest, do you know how many whiskey drinkers would not be whiskey drinkers? Do you know how many country songs we wouldn't have all about these Jack Daniels coming out? No, I'm being serious. I know, but it's a ripple effect. And I think of like, he did not know who he was going to be when he was younger, but the power of of his imagination, him probably loving chemistry, creating different things or however he was introduced to this world. He got in it and not only made a statement, he was the first and then opened the door for everyone else, including Jack Daniel and including everybody else. And I'm here for it. I say kudos to you and thank you. And this is going to be a side note. <laughs> so why is it called the spirits industry? Is I'm like, is it like spirits? Because like it's either going to elevate your spirit or it's going to take your spirit out depending on how you use it. Maybe. I, that's a good question. I don't know. Like, I, what I, this is what I do know. In the hood, it's a liquor store. In white areas or, or highly diverse, mostly white areas, it's wine and spirits or a spirit, you know, depot or boutique or something like that. Like, in certain areas are when they're called liquor stores. And in other areas, they're spirits. Maybe Samantha. it's just a marketing ploy. I have no idea. But that much I do know. Semantics matter. And wording matters. And like you said, marketing. Because 
because even when we were talking on here, we were, as Black women, we were like, oh, alcohol or liquor versus spirits. And that's just so fascinating. <sighs> All right, y'all. With that, y'all go, everyone go out and buy a bottle of Uncle Nearest. Um, did I say that right? Yeah. Okay. Uncle Nearest Whiskey. No, we are not promoted by them. We are not sponsored by them. We are literally just saying go support a Black-owned, the first Black-owned whiskey company. And with that, we are going to leave y'all with our affirmation of this episode, which is... Cheers to me as I continue to walk in my excellence every single day. Yes, with a drink in my hand. Mm -hmm. And so with that, y'all can follow us on... Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Amazon, Google Podcasts, where we release episodes weekly. They drop every Wednesday. Hit us up on um, social media. You can find us at where'smyblueprintpod.com. Um, you can check out all of naysays at the blog, where it where is myblueprintpod.com. And also, before we leave, we have a newsletter coming out. All right. With that, y'all, we are so thank y'all, thankful for y'all still rocking with us. We are here. And with that, have a wonderful day. Stay in the shade, get some water, and we'll bring out. Peace out.